Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, Scott Gardner and Michael Bailey now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back to the bins. Welcome to another exciting installment of Back to the Bins. I am your host, Michael Bailey, and I am flying solo again this week. Though that should change soon one way or the other, as I'm hoping to gather some of my podcasting compatriots to record a couple of episodes with me until Scott gets back. And as I talked about a Marvel book last week, I'm going to hit you with a DC book this time out. And not just any DC book, my friends, a Superman comic. A Superman comic that contains a story that some people consider to be a classic Superman tale, and that is, must there be a Superman? From Superman number 247, cover date January 1972. This was written by Elliot Magan before he became Elliot S. Magan with art by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, and edited by Julie Schwartz. The cover to this is actually kind of goofy. We have the Guardians, uh, a bunch of Guardians, looming over Superman, and one of the Guardians says, We, the Guardians of the Universe, find Superman of Earth guilty. And another one says, Guilty of crimes against humanity. And Superman's... On the bottom of of the cover with his fists clenched and looking all upset, and he uh, is either really excited about something or really, really has to go to the bathroom. It's kind of weird. So we open on a splash page where it is, This is a tale of power, of greatness, of the mighty Superman. And one of the Guardians says, By the powers vested in this tribunal as guardians of the universe, we find you, Superman of Earth, guilty guilty of crimes against humanity. So there's a lot of guilty in this, just so everyone knows up front. And we have a little text here that says, You stand so proud, Superman, in your strength and your power, with a pride that has found the way into the soul of every man who has stood above other men. But as with all men of power, you must eventually question yourself and your use of that power and ask, Must there be a Superman? Now, the real story begins on the next page, where Superman finds a giant yellow pod of spores hurtling through space. It seems that the Guardians of the Universe, head honchos of the Green Lantern Corps, sent Superman to take care of the pod because it is yellow, and thus the rings of the Green Lanterns are useless against it. After fantasizing about what such a pod of spores could do on Earth, and and that's not really what happens, he's imagining the horror that could outbreak, but I like to think that maybe for a second Superman thought, wow, that would be really awesome to see everyone tear themselves apart. Uh, He chases after it. The problem is is that the part of the galaxy he is in is full of red suns, and he's already feeling their weakening influence. 
Superman tries to ram the pod, but that doesn't do a bit of good. So he tries another strategy after spying a runaway Red Star. The Man of Steel theorizes that the pod will burst and seed upon contact a planet with an atmosphere rich in gases and sunlight. So he throws a bunch of asteroids together to form a small, dense planet, and then somehow propels the man-made world through a crowded solar system where it captures an atmosphere rich in nitrogen and rare gases. And I hope no one lives on that planet, because Superman would have just killed every single thing on that world. Superman pushes the planetoid in front of the pod, just in time for the Red Sun to sap all of his strength. And as the spores envelop the new planet, Superman lapses into unconsciousness. Suddenly, a green light surrounds the Man of Steel, and Green Lantern Katma Tui brings him back to Oa, where the Guardians of the Universe instruct Katma to play him, place him in the central battery. One of the Guardians begins an entry in the archives detailing how they contacted Superman to deal with the pod and everything else we just saw. The Guardian adds that now that they have Superman in their midst, they can implant the subconscious notion that his influence on Earth is interfering with human progress. Superman wakes up and the Guardians bring him up to speed on the fate of the spores, and that it is essential that he stays on Oa to recuperate. They show him around the joint, and one of the Guardians mentions what a social drag he is on Earth. Superman is confused by this, and another Guardian pulls the loudmouth aside and chews the guy out and whispers, even though they know Kal-El can overhear them. The friendlier Guardian finishes the tour, but Superman is still stuck on this whole cultural lag thing. The Guardian shows Superman home videos of a recent Justice League mission, where the JLA helped out a society, though Superman stresses to the aliens that they must solve their own problems. The Guardian sends Superman home and then joins his compatriot on the roof, where they talk about the fact that their behavior modification seems to be working, and that soon he and Earth will be better for it. On the quote-unquote ride home, Superman wonders if he is a disturbing force on Earth's natural progress, and if humanity depends on him too much. While flying across California, he sees a man slapping around a young boy. Seems the boy, whose name is Manuel, is a worker on a fruit farm, and he was trying to organize a strike, and Boss Harley didn't take too kindly to this. After Superman calms down the crowd, he listens to Manuel as he tells how he came to America after his father died for a better life. The Man of Steel feels a kinship to the boy and asks to be taken to his home. Once Superman lands, the entire town comes out and starts begging for help in one form or another. Superman announces that he is going to do nothing, and tells the town that whatever help they claim they need must come from themselves. Suddenly, there's an earthquake, and Superman launches into action, digging into the ground and stopping the quake from doing any more damage. He rebuilds the town from scratch, but when they all walk away, the Man of Steel says, Hey, get your asses back here! I'm not fucking done talking to you! Okay, that's not what he says, but it would have been funny. He explains that he rebuilt their homes because an earthquake is something they can't handle themselves. But they can't count on Superman to patch up every problem in their lives. He points out that young Manuel had the right idea, because when they all backed down, Manuel stood his ground. Superman tells Manuel to keep in touch and flies home, but spots a report of a pleasure cruiser in danger because of a water spout in the mid-Atlantic and heads out to sea. 
The Guardians watch all of this play out and feel that their job is done. Superman has a lot to think about, and time will take its course. The end. All right. All right. I'm going to admit, this story has a lot to like about it. There is a lot of merit in exploring whether or not Superman is holding us back simply by being who he is. The thing is, is I'm not sure I buy that. Or Elliot Magan's reasoning, as I read once in an interview, that if someone living in a world with Superman would fall off of a cliff or something, they would never be able to truly accept what is happening to them because they would be thinking, Superman will save me, whereas I think they would be thinking, Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm going to die! I'm sorry, even if Superman exists on your world, if you're falling to your death, if you have time to think about it, you're pretty much going to think about the fact that you're about to die. In any case, the art in this issue is strong, and it has a good message. Yeah, there's some goofy elements to it. The whole Red Sun thing kind of bothers me, because it seems like he's just mildly weakened, and that it takes a lot of time for the Red Sun to sap his strength, where in other stories, if he's exposed to even a smidgen of Red Sun radiation, suddenly... All of his superpowers are gone, though he will still be tough to kill, somewhat stronger, faster, better than the normal man. But it's pretty instantaneous, and here it seems to take a while, which you think would suck in space where, you know, he would be exposed to the vacuum, blow up like a balloon, and die. So I can buy that, and I can kind of buy the fact that he built a planet essentially out of asteroids and gave it an atmosphere and let the spores impact on it so that they would have a world to thrive on and not threaten anybody else. That's all fine and dandy and dandy and fine. Here is the fatal flaw of this story and why ever since I read it the first time in the greatest uh, Superman stories ever told back when I got it like around 89, 90, why it's bugged me ever since. The people that tell Superman that he is this cultural drag, that he is bringing humanity down because they are depending on him too much, the people doing this are the guardians of the universe. The people that created the Green Lantern Corps. So essentially, a group of bald-headed blue men with white hair on the sides who have given rings out to a bunch of different creatures all over the universe, 3,600 sectors worth even, and those people are charged with protecting those sectors, which includes, I don't know, saving planets from asteroid strikes and alien invasions and saving people in general. These are the people that are going to tell Superman you're do- what you're doing is wrong. And that seems extremely hypocritical to me. It really does. Bothers the piss out of me. These are the last people that should be doing this. I know that the Guardians are supposed to be this immortal race that are all wise. But come on, really? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. And every time I read this story, there's all these bells and whistles every time that happens. Just bugs the living piss out of me. Ugh. Man, I should calm down. I really should. It's just a comic book story. I'm really glad I own this original issue, though. Uh, I, I haven't read 
the Private Life of Clark Kent uh, installment yet. Looks kind of interesting. And I, I, I don't think I will ever read the reprint in here because, man, the, the, the Superman of 2466... I don't know if Kurt Swan and George Klein hated each other, but the art in this looks like a like complete ass. Superman, Superman's got the weirdest hairstyle ever. It just it just looks really weird. But at some point, I'll read that uh, Private Life of Clark Kent um, feature. And that is pretty much it for this week. Very short episode. Not a whole lot of really good ads in this one. Just ads for toys and such. Nothing that really strikes out. There is uh, an ad for, uh, you know, one to startle you. Read DC's Best, and it's an issue of Lois Lane, where Superman is holding Lois that says, Superman, look! The whole world's just turned upside down. Extra, Rose and the Thorn and the Ghost with Two Faces. And Suspense with Lady Danger. I really gotta check that out. Who is Lady Danger? Oh, and there's a Sea Monkeys ad. But, you know, what comic from this era didn't have a Sea Monkeys ad? So, again, sorry for such a short short episode this week. Though some of you are probably like, wow, thank you for the short episode this week. Come back next week where I will have a guest with me and maybe some other good old-fashioned comic book back-issue goodness. And as always... Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of the comicforums.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and is a registered trademark of Demonzocor of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at Comic Book 